Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Pointless Frivolity Podcast. I'm your host, Aviva Manon, and that's not to be confused with Aviva Drescher. I am not a gorgeous, tall, blonde, real housewife of New York. I will not throw my leg in a restaurant, but that's not because I wouldn't. It's because I just, I can't. I probably would if I I had the chance. You can find me on TikTok at NotThatAviva. But today we're here to talk about all things Real Housewives. Specifically, we are getting into the first episode of season four of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We're talking about Heather's new house. We're talking about Whitney's new extensions. We're talking about Meredith's new face. We're going to try to not look snark all that much, but sometimes, sometimes we got to talk about it, okay? This is a visual medium. We're also going to talk about the reboot of New York City, which has blessed our eyeballs. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. So we're going to get into all of that. I'm so happy you're here with me. Pointless Frivolity is how I've thought about the pop culture I consume forever, but now I have a newfound appreciation for not only what it does uh, for all of us in terms of how we think about things. Honestly, I participated in a PhD dissertation about the Real Housewives and representation of class and race and age. It matters. All I'm saying is reality TV matters. It is valid to talk about and to think about and to consume, okay? I've been a really longtime fan of The Real Housewives. I graduated from college in 2006, and uh, that's when The Real Housewives of OC premiered. It was not like a very happy time for me, and I found this group of women who I just loved to watch, and I had no money, but my one criteria for wherever I lived is I needed to have Bravo so I could watch Real Housewives of the OC. And honestly, like, give me a Jane Curtin cuff. I will wear it. I will rock it with pride. I I really love these ladies. I love what they do. They're so fun. And I'm really excited to be here talking about them with everyone. So with no further ado, let's jump right in to talking about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Ugh, okay. So I know we're not in an easy place with these ladies. Last season, some people liked it, some people didn't. I thought it was fine. We had Heather on the girls' trip. Look, it has not been an easy time, but the way the intro got my heart racing faster, the pitter-patter of my little heart, watching the drama being set up, I... I am hopeful for this season. And, okay, so let's start with the very beginning. We've got Heather, hysterical, on a balcony saying, I can't believe she did this to us. It was really her. What is she talking about? Don't know. Heard a couple theories. Don't know. Don't really care. I'm going to enjoy the ride. And then we get all of the ladies (laughs) saying these, like, psalms and Bible verses. And this is capturing something that I loved about the first season of Salt Lake City, which is we have these very diverse faith traditions represented on the show. We have Meredith, who's Jewish. We have Mary, who's Pentecostal. We have 
Lisa, who's a Mormon, and we've got a couple lapsed Mormons. We had Jen Shaw, who's Muslim. I love that. I love seeing that as part of the show, and I really hope they lean into that more this season. It got me excited. It got me a little titillated. We'll see what happens. Now, we see in the opening a a scene between Lisa and John. Lisa, Lisa is incredible. I I don't have too much to say about this. I really do feel for her, like with her feelings about her son going on a mission. I, I don't think I would be very happy about that either. But um <laughs> it is just, it is so funny. Like this, okay, I find her triggering, and not because she is necessarily a bad person or anything, but it's that whole thing of like you want to actually get into a conversation with someone and then they like completely shut you down or ignore you or like John starts talking about his feelings about Jack going on the mission and then she's like oh someone's texting me and I that genuinely makes me makes me crazy but the, the show really gets started when we show up at Heather's new house now Heather just bought an almost 8000 square foot six bedroom seven bathroom house right near her old place. And um, I'm I'm happy for her. You know, we we love to see these ladies succeed and we know Heather hustles. I think she's really, really smart. She's a really hard worker and I, I really believe she deserves that success. Um I think she's a great mom. You know, I just I really like Heather and I think we're starting to see the things about her that make her our favorite on this show. So first of all, she's out shoveling her walkway, basically in like seven inch pleaser heels. I mean, these are sky high. They are (laughs) so precarious under the best of situations, but for shoveling snow with the world's flimsiest shovel, like, please, like, uh, yes, thank you so much for doing that. And also I am so worried about your ankles. Now, Meredith comes over, she gets dropped off in some sort of like a a, a, a a navigator or something. And I'm wondering like why she didn't drive. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, they go in and they start talking about, you know, Whitney and uh, Heather and Whitney's con- uh, friendship getting started again. But then, but then we get to, you know, this is, this is truly Lucy, Lucy, Apple Goosey, like, light. This is the tiniest conflict that is so stupid. And I cannot, I believe that they both know it is so stupid about Whitney's comments about Meredith's bath with her husband. Like, it is not that weird to me that someone would do that to comment in like a news article about it. But also if someone did comment something like that about me, like who the fuck cares? But this is where we get Heather, you know, like, (laughs) okay. I'm, I am so, I'm, I am just loving this moment. So Heather is, is listening to Meredith talk about this comment that Whitney made. And she goes, does, does she think it's funny or is she really mad? Of course she's mad. She's Meredith Marks. Like this is, uh, this is like so Heather's role as being the Greek chorus, as being the voice of reason. But then Meredith says, I mean, genuinely, it's so good. She says, don't go, don't go after my marriage. 
Don't go after my bathtub. What's next, my kids? I just want to sit with that for a minute. My marriage, my bathtub, and my kids, the holy trinity. So I'm glad we know what Meredith's priorities are. And like, God bless, you know, this is the stupidest, stupidest disagreement that could ever happen from all sides. And I'm excited to see what happens with it because I think Whitney is trying to do something. I think Meredith's trying to do something. We'll see if they are successful. Now, let's just take a second to talk about Heather's new house. It's over 7,900 square feet. It's got like six bedrooms, six bathrooms, and she paid just under $3 million for it. It's it's a big and it's grand and I'm thrilled for her. I hope that she is very happy. Um, it's got a lot of very ornate kind of... So from the pictures... It's very interesting because it looks like multiple different houses. I, I don't get a great sense of cohesion. And that may be how the former owners styled it. And like, I, I'm sorry for them for commenting on their, their house. But we've got like these really sort of like mm, um, parquet ornate floors with uh, a dropped ceiling and this very crazy like chandelier with it sort of has that kind of Tuscan vibe in the dining area but then we've got this like more cozy kitchen and then we've got this like brightly colored basement with like the um, the TV and then we've we've got I don't know I guess it sort of all is going for a little bit of like that Tuscan feel but I'm excited to see this house evolve because I do think that Heather will decorate it in a way that makes maybe a little more sense um we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see it's a lot it's got a fountain in the front um I I love that for her okay so we've got Mary Mary Cosby's back now, I, ah, man, Mary Cosby is great TV. She really, really is. I got to say, I have a hard time watching her. I, I have concerns about her, and I will maybe get into those a little bit later. But I just, I, I appreciate her. I appreciate what she does. But sometimes when things feel a little too dark, I retreat a little bit. It's a little bit harder for me to watch. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous work from her, though, not knowing if her son is married, even though they live in the same house. Does the wife potentially live in the same house with them? Like, what's going on with that? Who is this person? Cannot wait to find out. Um, I don't think that there's a ton of love or affection between the two of them. So maybe we won't. Maybe he's going to go live his own life. If he does, that is probably for the best. Now, I think it's really interesting that Mary is back this season. And it makes me wonder possibly if that's in part because Jen is gone. I do think that Mary is the one who more than anyone else was able to see what Jen was for like what the, the truth of what Jen really was and maybe that's because grifter spots grifter I you know there may be some 
slight griftiness on um, Mary's side. But I, she really like sounded the alarm by saying that Jen smelled like a hospital um, before anybody else was ready to see that smelling like a hospital was a euphemism for ripping off um, senior citizens. And I did really appreciate her concern that the spicy food was going to tear through her butthole and make it burn. That is just, that is why she's here. Okay, so then we're going to meet some new friends. We meet um, Monica and we meet Angie at a place called The Cliff. And so to me, The Cliff looks like a place you would go like in the middle of your work day if you were like with your coworkers and you're like hey do you guys want to like go and have lunch or like maybe you would go there after work for like um some some beers or something and maybe like some wings um or like if you wanted to be a little healthy you would pay $24 for a Cobb salad that would just basically be like iceberg lettuce and blue cheese that's what that place looked like to me but this is where um this is where there are tuna nachos. And I'm just hoping that those tuna nachos don't have melted cheese on them. I'm hoping that it's like some sort of spicy aioli. I have concerns is all, is all I'm saying. Um, so we meet, we meet Angie. Angie, okay, so Angie exemplifies this issue with the Salt Lake City ladies. They, they all have this issue, which is... They wear these outfits to be stylish, to be, um, you know, wearing like luxury fashions. She comes in with this bright, bright pink shirt. I think it's like Valentino. It says whatever the brand is all over. I think it was Valentino. It may not be. And she's talking about her Fendi bag. But there is no ease with the way they are styled. There is no comfort. They all look like sausages who are stuffed into casings and it's not about the fit of the clothes it's just about like the stiffness and they just look really uncomfortable and she's got these you know really really expensive sunglasses probably she's got this incredibly expensive Fendi bag all of it fine none of it's bad it's just look Jenna Lyons would say you can't wear Valentino on the top and Fendi on your bag. Like it's just, it's it's not just that it's ostentatious and in your face. It's done without any actual point of view on fashion and point of view on how they dress. And it just, it looks so effortful. Anyway, um, we also see... Monica, who I think is going to be a great player in this game, her confessional look, I'm sorry, I, she's, she is a gorgeous, look, they all look incredible, they all look so gorgeous this season, Heather looks great, Meredith looks great, Lisa is stunning, stunning woman, Monica's gorgeous, that shrimp shirt with the sleeves that go all the way down to her hands, it doesn't fit on the top. I just, okay, you don't have to spend a lot to look great, but please, like, don't buy something off Sheen and, like, invest in something that fits you well, that is made of good material. You're going to be in that confessional look for a long time. Like, 
let's try again. Let's try a little harder. You'll do a little better next time. But she does talk about her experience with Jen um, and Jen offering her to make $600,000 a year by like putting some things in her name and like good instincts, girl, good instincts by saying like, what is this? It's a little convoluted about this, the whole situation with the Secret Service. I, the Secret Service, okay, they don't just protect the president. They're actually affiliated with the Treasury Department. So I don't know how that would pertain to Jen's case specifically. I'm I'm sure there's some story, but um, I, I, I'm confused about that. And I, I just, I just, I don't quite understand. But good instincts, girl. Um, get out of that situation. Don't open anything in your, in your name to make $600,000 a year. Um, we also get introduced to her family situation, which is complicated. She's got kids between five and 17. She's married, but she's also gotten divorced from her husband. That might, might be a Utah thing. I I, maybe that's a story for another day, but um, I also know a Utah-based family where that, that happened as well. Um, but the, the, the turnover in her marriage is really interesting and is, you know, rife for some, for some conversation. But she also says that um, she knows all of their dark secrets from what she heard from Jen. And, and I, I'm, here, especially as it pertains to Lisa, who is kind of talking about her 20th anniversary with John and then how she's obsessed with anything maritime. I mean, same. Love a boat. Love a boat. We also get Lisa talking about the texts that she's gotten from Mary. We're transitioning into the brunch um, that, that Heather throws this kind of do-over brunch and you know overall like I'm, I'm just not here for this brunch like I don't want to see them throw snowballs at each other I, I don't I don't care but we, we start hearing these these texts that Mary sends to Lisa and oh my god this is where I have concerns about Mary they're so unhinged you're a black widow, you're going to kill people with your vodka, um, you know, you're a terrible person. It's it's to an extent, and I don't know what like triggered them, obviously Lisa doesn't tell us, but apparently this is sort of like normal Mary behavior. And this is where I'm like, this is not a well person. Like a well person doesn't send texts like this and even if you're in like a really, really brutal fight, like that's still like, it's, pr I don't know. I don't know. This is, it, it, it just gives me the ick. Sorry about that. I can't sit still. So I'm futzing with my little alarm. I'm not going to edit that out because I'm too lazy. Um, and then, so, and then Meredith and Meredith and Whitney get together to have a conversation about the rumors that apparently Whitney is spreading. So, we, of course, there's the whole thing about the bathtub, which, you know, do not say anything about my bathtub. You know, it's like the same as saying something about her her children. But this, okay, but this, this is a visual medium, friends. Like, as she's talking, as Meredith is talking, she's talking with her hands, but on her hands are these 
furry white gloves that look like Muppet hands. Um, and she's, she's kind of opening and closing her hands and the fur and it, they look like puppets. They really, they look like these white fluffy puppets. It's so good. I love it. I love it so much. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. I will not make you listen to it. And they address the ketamine rumors. I don't, I don't care. I just wish that, I wish that everyone would just like own their shit. And I guess them not owning their shit is what makes it fun. But then we get into the snowball fight. I don't care. I don't want to watch the snowball fight. We're going to wrap it up for um, the week for, for Salt Lake. We're going to transition to New York. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about owning shit. Okay. So first of all, I was really uh, skeptical about the reboot of New York. I was not ready for a new cast. I love our old time gals. I mean, Sonia and Luann are such classics, but did the Bravo gods deliver? They did. I mean, this cast, I'm absolutely obsessed with them. I am in love. I mean, of course, the Jenna Lyons of it all, but really... There, there's just good up, down, left, and right. Um, so I want to kind of go back and just from one real estate thing quickly, which is Erin um, makes this comment about Jenna's apartment where she says, you know, half of the apartment is the bedroom and half of the bedroom is the closet. And who does this apartment work for besides Jenna Lyons? And I'm not going to say that that's not true. I'm not going to say that it's not potentially a difficult property to resell, but I think it's a very, I just think it's worth calling out the mindset about real estate that someone in the real estate industry who works with high value clients has, which is this is not a home. This is a financial asset. This is a commodified financial asset, no different than a stock that just sits in your portfolio and appreciates value. Like, I think it is incredible that Jenna Lyons built her space out to fit um, her and her lifestyle perfectly. I think the apartment is stunningly gorgeous. And you know what Jenna Lyons really needs? She needs the validation that a semi-successful technology salesperson in Massachusetts who owns an avocado green bathtub, she wants to know that I approve. And, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, Jenna, I do. I approve. It's gorgeous. Good work. Okay. But now let's talk about the opening of this episode. It's a great contrast to what we just saw in Salt Lake City because we are getting looks, but we're not getting looks like, they're not effortless looks, but they're looks that, in contrast to the ladies of Salt Lake City, they are so like flattering on these women. Like Uba's dress or set or whatever is so beautiful. It fits her perfectly, but it really makes her shine. Same with size outfit. I just, I love the looks that we're getting. <gasps> Bren looks unbelievable. She is gorgeous. She is a star. I mean, really, we are, she is a star in the vein of Stassi Schroeder, but like, Maybe like the the good version of her. Like in the first season of Vanderpump Rules, 
yes, Stasi was sort of like a villain character, but it was just this magnetism that she had that you couldn't keep your eyes off of her. You wanted more scenes with her in it. And, and Bryn has that same energy as well. I just, I love the looks. But you know what it also made me think about? Um, the whole issue with Aaron's vow renewal and Bryn's behavior at it and whatever. Um, I also, they, nobody has mentioned that Bryn wore white to it, which I, I don't think anyone really cares because it's not actually a wedding. But like, again, like I wouldn't have worn that. Okay, so. They're talking about the vow renewal situation and they ask Sai how she would feel about Bryn's behavior with her husband. Like, if this was your husband, how would you feel about it? And I agree with Uba. So Uba is basically like, this wasn't appropriate. And I, I see that because, I say that because this is a, a, a married woman and like you shouldn't treat married woman, women that way. But then Erin comes in and says, I really appreciate Uba because she's being loyal to me and I think this is a, just a very um we really kind of see how Aaron operates because to Aaron everything is personal everything is personal and everything's kind of about her I really like Aaron I I really like all of them but I thought that was like a very um telling moment all right I'm losing it a little bit here um okay so um Okay, so we transition into talking to Jenna and, like, the coach versus business situation. And this is where we get to, like, can you just own it, please? Like, can you just own that you wanted to take business class? Nobody judges that. I would, too. I absolutely would, too. And I am, like, five foot barely. Like, I don't need all the space that you need. So, um, I just, you know, I just wish she would admit that she wanted to take business and not make it about her genetic disorder completely because like I'm sorry if you really need to tan there are ways that you can look like you get a tan in New York City I do appreciate that in Jenna Lyons we have a broad-shouldered gal on our TV uh I've actually been noticing that a lot of our reality ladies have broad shoulders Vanderpump uh Katie's got broad-shouldered gal uh, Raquel is a broad-shouldered gal, uh, but Jenna's Jenna's just a, a real broad-shouldered gal, and I love that as as one as well. Uh, my handwriting is terrible. Let's see, is being dumb and oh oh yeah okay. So sometimes with Jenna, I think that we're in this space because she's obviously so badass. She's so talented. She's so brilliant. But, like, she does the thing that I think Bethany called out really well, which is she tries to be dumb and smart at the same time. She tries to be powerful and weak at the same time. And you, you can't be both. And that's what happens when she isn't owning her shit. And, and I think that that has to end. Hopefully, when she kind of goes back and, and watches these episodes, she takes a bit more of, like, an honest um, approach to things next season. Um, 
But I did find the the whole conversation about her mother very moving, very um, enlightening. Now, I had sort of wondered if Jenna was on the spectrum as well. I don't know for sure, obviously. Um, I wouldn't be totally surprised if she was on the spectrum. Uh, a lot of the way she talks about sort of feeling like an outsider and not being comfortable in big groups, that could be nature, that could be nurture, you know, either one. Um, but... I, I thought that that was a really, really moving, really moving moment. And then as Sai is talking about, oh, wait, no. So so the dinner wraps up, and then the next morning, um, Uba and Jessel are talking about how that dinner was a shit show. And I'm just like, girl, have you ever watched this show before? That That was not a shit show. That was like a state dinner compared to some of the things that we've seen. That was... I mean, not a shit show. But then at breakfast, we start this conversation again about um, everybody's kind of histories and, and backgrounds. And like, listen, I love a trauma dump on a girl's trip. Like I went, <laughs> I went on a girl's trip recently with some new friends. And like by the end of it, like they, I, I was desperate to tell them every single thing that had ever happened to me. Like I completely get it. Um, but uh, again, we get this like incredibly moving story from Sai, and I think, I think that the the way that they're sharing really made me feel that these are these are just good people, like at their core. And I don't think I would say that necessarily about every cast, whether or not different housewives are like bad. I'm not going to say that, but I do think that these are really good-hearted people, and that's one of the reasons that these people are so enjoyable to watch. Now, I will agree with Jessel on something. I wanted to know what kind of shopping bag uh, size mom was in. Um, if you're going to tell us that your mom's ashes are in a shopping bag uh, in your closet, you, you really need to tell us what kind of bag it is. I think you owe it to us as the viewers. What bag is that? What What is that? Is that Hermes? Is that, I mean, is it is it Coach? Uh, what, are, what are we talking about here? Um... These are, these are the important issues that the Real Housewives owe us. Um, and then, you know, finally, we we get to the beach. Um, we're doing this photo shoot. It is so cute. It is so fun. It is so enjoyable. This is Housewives at its best. This is what I want to be seeing. They are just having such a ball. Um, and I'm, I'm living for it. But then it kind of takes this weird turn back where Brynn is talking about freezing her eggs and um, she's saying how the doctor told her that embryos are more viable. And like, I know for a fact that's true, like that you're supposed to freeze embryos if you can, because they do, that that process works better than just freezing your eggs. And Erin is so bothered by that. She's like, I've never heard that. That's not true. What a weird lie to tell. And like, I'm sure there was some exaggeration in there, but like the way that it bugged Erin was so interesting. And I think what it is, is that the two of them have this like big sister, little sister vibe. I think Erin is actually younger than Bryn, but their vibe feels very much like Bryn is a little sister, Erin is a big sister, and Erin is always trying to sort of like mm, shut her down and... I'm not just saying that because I am the little sister. I, it just, it that was how I, I read it. Um, 
And so I, I'm hoping that that isn't like a, that they don't, they're not constantly doing this, but I do think it's going to be their dynamic. Um, there is so much more happening in the Bravo sphere to talk about. Um, we're going to do next, this coming Salt Lake City next. We are going to talk about some updates on Vanderpump next. And we're uh, going to be covering some other shows as well. Um, I'm so happy to have you on this journey with me. Follow me on TikTok. It's at NotThatAviva. And I appreciate you. And please go enjoy your pointless frivolity.